Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Veterans Care Association and Timor Awakening podcast. The Timor Awakening program is an 11-day immersive, holistic and peer-to-peer veterans program traditionally based in Timor-Leste and it has a singular vision to promote the health and well-being of veterans and their families. Due to the current restrictions from COVID-19, we are running slightly abridged programs on the Gold Coast with the same vision and same aim. We're using these opportunities to sit down with our participants either one-on-one or in a group setting and conduct podcast interviews to capture their stories and their lessons learnt, providing insights we can all learn from as we as veterans and wounded healers move through our own journeys and help others do the same. We'll be covering a whole range of topics including defence transition, mental health, relationships, veteran suicide, PTSD and post-traumatic growth. So whether you're out and about, listening to this at home or driving in your car, we do trust that you'll get a lot out of listening to our participants. Thank you and enjoy. Welcome back, guys. It's Michael Albrecht here. Uh, we are at the verge of wrapping up TA18 on the Gold Coast at St. George's Holiday Home, and uh, it's time to the next round of interviews. And uh, first cab off the rank I have with me is Terry Wolf. Uh, Terry Wolf. Um, a cargo specialist, military police dog handler, and she served in East Timor, Bougainville, and Christmas Islands. So plenty of uh, deployments there, and nowadays is a volunteer chaplain in the area of domestic violence. Is that right, Terry? They get all that right? And addiction. And addiction. Okay, cool. Uh, sounds like some interesting work you're doing there. Well, I, I sort of just touched on your background. Uh, do you want to maybe just flesh out your military background just a, a wee bit more? Yeah, I joined the um, Army in 1994. Yep. And um, had several postings as a cargo specialist. Started off at uh, uh, George's Heights and then went to Pakapanyal, then went to Singleton, then Canungra, Brisbane, uh, Townsville. Yep, yep. Uh, on coming back from East Timor, I was on leave and then came back up to Townsville and was presented with uh, my military police uh, transfer. Okay. Um, something that I actually pulled previously and uh, was told that I still had to go. So I went and um, did the course down in Sydney and then uh, was grateful to get dogs straight away because uh, yeah. I love animals. And uh, <laughs> So I went to Oki and spent five years in Oki and um, yeah, discharged from, was discharged from their psych, medical psych. Okay. And would that, uh, were those some of the challenges there stemming from... Timor on some of the deployments or was it an accumulation of things? No, I was bullied from a sergeant for two and a half years of my, my career and um, I was subsequently um, psych discharged. Right. Okay. And was there any sort of, um, yeah, yeah, was there any kickback against that sergeant? Was there anything done? I have no idea. Right. I have no idea. Um, I think that um, my transition from being like... The army was everything to me. Yeah. My identity, my yep. um, reason for living. Right. So when um, I actually felt my heart separate when I, on the 7th of September 2005, it was like I was just shattered. Um, everything that I believed in was just taken away. And um, so I was in a black hole for a very long time and, and then turned to, uh, I mean, I already was drinking a lot when, you know, in the army, but... I um, turned to drugs and alcohol after that. Yep. Quite, quite, quite terribly. Well, it sounds like you've uh, come along a long way since then. So maybe let's just unpack. Yeah, we don't need to go into the 
too much into to the, to the dark side there. I guess it's more just wa- how you got out of that. Like that's a huge story. Like that's someone's survival guide right there is how you went from you know, 2005, you've separated. As you said, you know, it was a really tough. Your identity was intermixed with defence, which is very common. Same thing happened to me when I got out in 2015 after 11 years. Um, and, yeah, that's it's very common that things go downhill for people in a lot of ways, whether that manifests as, you know, substance abuse, whether that's domestic violence, whether that's just feeling lost and having no meaning anymore, suicidal ideation, whatever. Um, it's, it's very common. Um, some people transition really well. Great. But for most people, I think, um, we underestimate how difficult it's going to be for those first few years out of it. So talk us through those next few years and what, how you've been navigated it all. Um, after I had a new fatal car accident in 2010, um, and that still wasn't enough for me to stop. Uh, I, s- I had 19 fractures, a ruptured bladder, severed liver, and was in a wheelchair um, for 18 months, like on and off. Wow. Um, you know, I shouldn't have lived through that accident. It was only through the roll bar in my driver's side, on the driver's side door, that I survived. Um, and five and a half months in hospital still wasn't enough for me to stop. I was still in that that mindset of why is this happening? Why did you know? Why was I taken away from having such a brilliant career to have nothing now? And and I was just in that negative mindset. And um, it wasn't until 2017 when I had my last relapse. Um, I often share at meetings that, um, you know, I've had a lot of rock bottoms, but this one was like the basement. I wasn't getting up. And I had to choose life or I had to choose death. And there was no in-between of that. And so I chose life. And I um, went into um, a rehab again for the seventh time um, at Corumban Clinic. And for the first time, um, nurses said to me, like, I, everything stopped. Like, all my body functions stopped. And um, so I was crawling on my guts for about seven days. And the nurse said, if she wants this, she's going to make it work. So I did. You know, I, I had to be honest. I had to get honest with my family. And that was very difficult because I always just masked everything. I had a mask for everybody. Yep. Every different situation I had a mask. I was never my true self. And um, I had to go to a long-term rehab on the Central Coast. I moved away from the Gold Coast, away from people, places and things that would just, you know, just set me off in a different in a different way. And um, so I spent 14 and a half months of long-term rehab. Mm-hmm. And when I realised that the, um, the program actually worked and I put enough effort into it, I took up four other women through the program as a mentor. Wow. So and, um, yeah. yeah, so I've been in recovery since 2017. And, um, you know, it's, it's not an easy life, you know, because there's other things that come in all the time. Mm. But I try to choose a spiritual way of living today, and um, I do have a God in my life. Yeah. Um, you know, I always thought when I grew up it was a punishing God. You know, why do these things happen? Why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? But I try to change my perspective these days, try to live positively as much as I can and try to help other people, you know, and that's why um, I took up the assistance chaplaincy position at the Wyong Court um, to do that, you know. I'm a victim of domestic violence and um, and of addiction, you know, and, and I try to help others to see a better path as much as I possibly can. That's very inspirational. It's great that you not only walk the journey yourself, but you you help other people do the same. And, and uh, is that something that is kind of like a the next logical step once someone goes through that long term rehabilitation program? They offer you the ability to come back and help other women or whoever the case may be go through the same program. 
Well, I did nine months of my program and then I stayed on for five and a half months extra as a mentor. Ah, okay. Okay. And in what capacity are you still doing that these days? Um, I sponsor some women and that sort of stuff through the program, the AA program. Yep. However, um, at the moment with my own stuff going on with my own mental health and, um, you know, I've had to come to a lot of decisions in regards to after this course. Um, you know, my mum's really unwell. My dad's not that crash hot either. And my brother's just got out of jail. So, um, and he's trying to live on life's terms and he's finding that very difficult. So my choice in having to stay down in New South Wales or coming up to Queensland um, has been the precipice of doing this course and, and opening up different avenues and seeing that um, the veterans community mm. is so much stronger up here and right. the avenues like... It's always been my precipice to come back and, and help other veterans, you know, whether it's fitness, mental health, whatever. Mm. I want to give back my service in some capacity. And this Team of Awakening has actually opened my eyes to the possibility of that happening, coming back as a peer mentor, going back over to Timor um, and seeing how it is today, you know, because when I was there in 2000, it was just ashen and mm. rock and mm. dirt and sadness and... When I saw the video of Timor as it is today, I was shocked. You know, I brought yeah. up a lot of stuff that I still have to work on. And, um, yeah, your past can be either your enemy or your saving grace. And mm. so I'm choosing to see it as my saving grace and just work through it. And I have some plans in place when I get back. That's awesome. And so what what was it that about Timor Awakening that drew you to a program? It's like I know, understand you've known Gary for quite a while. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, Gary came and saw me when I had my accident in Toowoomba. Yep, yep. And um, we've stayed in contact ever since. Yep. Um, and, um, you know, he got in contact with me about doing a course two years ago. However, because of COVID and the restrictions and everything, sure. I couldn't yep. do it. Yep. But I'm so grateful to have him done it now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was very apprehensive when I first came. I was keeping people at arm's length. And and today I feel so much more relaxed with in myself. Good. However, you know, there's still a lot of stuff that I have to put in place and work on. Mm. Um, I know that the part of where we spoke about DBA and everything like that, that really unhinged me. Right. Um, because DBA, I've been fighting them for the 16 years and, um, you know, it just brought up so much anger, bodily anger that I haven't felt within before and I'm um, trying to find an avenue and a way to deal with that. Mm. Um, so, yeah, I've got a... A hospital stay when I go back, so I can work on some stuff with my psych and yep, and um and transitioning going um back to New South Wales, but also transitioning back up to Queensland at a later date. Fantastic, and I guess um, staying within the realm of Timor Awakening for just a moment here, um, what would you say has been over the last sort of nine days or so? What's been the biggest aha moment for you? Your your Timor Awakening, as it were. The like-mindedness of um, the other people in the group and the other soldiers and and veterans in the group. Mm. Um, You know, the connectivity, the connections, the energy. We've bounced off each other and being able to pick somebody else up when they're not feeling so much okay. Mm. And, you know, just holding space for them, just listening, uh, has been a big, big thing. It's the simple things, isn't it? Just someone actually sitting down and listening. And just, you know, hearing what you've got to say with no agenda, just... No judgment. No judgment, yep, yep. 
I've really picked up on some uh, themes there where you have overcome a lot of resistance to come on a program like this and, you know, you had to sort of hit rock bottom before you went and did some other programs out there, some rehabilitation programs. Uh, That's pretty normal. It's pretty common for people to have resistance to coming on something like this. What would be your tips for someone who might be listening to this who could be in the exact same boat? Um, Just step outside the uncomfortability Mm. and um, embrace it because you don't know what's going to have a you're going to have a breakthrough mm. in some area it may not be an enlightening moment mm. but when you have some time in your own and and you can reflect on how things have been and how things are now there's a humongous a huge humility comes in and you just feel so grateful for just being in the present moment with other people who are so much like you yep yep amazing and terry what's next for you now what's uh I'm spending another I mean, week with mum and dad and then yep. I'm heading back down in New South Wales. Yep. I do have a hospital stay, like I said. And um, mm-hmm. and then after that, um, you know, staying in touch with Pauline from RSL and, and um, getting the transition in place to come back up to Queensland later in the year. Um, and, um, yeah, and I guess start the process with VHA and NBCA um, and um, really start looking after my mental health. Yep. And just, I guess, just to wrap up there, um, we've talked about some of the big ticket items that you've done, such as programs like this, such as the rehab, um, you know, spending uh, prolonged periods of time in hospital or whatever. What, what about the day-to-day stuff? What about some of the sort of rituals and things that you do? I know you, you mentioned off-camera just before we started that you had a lot of resistance to doing the yoga, but you really loved it. Um, so perhaps that's something you might do more of. What, but, but up until now, what's been some of the, the day-to-day things you help? you find helpful for mental health? Um, I have a routine every morning. Okay. It's a routine that I've stuck to for the last two years. I'm awake at 3.30 in the morning. Wow. I spend time with God and I do some readings and I send those readings out. I go to the gym and that starts my day. And then I'll come home and do whatever I have to do. And then, you know, I talk to, I go to meetings, I talk to other alcoholics and addicts and, you know, just try to put my day in a positive spin. It's all about how you start it, isn't it? How you get, how you get started from the get-go. Mm. Right, Terry, well, thank you so much for sharing all that. Was there anything else you wanted to sort of touch on or explore that we perhaps haven't uh, covered so far? No, I think that uh, Timor Awakening is a program for veterans that, um, you know, just have sort of lost their way and, and need to find an, a way out and, uh, or a way forward. And um, I'm grateful for the program. I'm grateful that um, I've got a plan in place now, something that... I haven't done for a very long time and mm. yeah, just so grateful. Thanks, Michael. You're most welcome. All right, Terry, I think we'll, uh, we'll wrap up there. Thank you so much for sitting down and having a chat with us. I know people listening to this uh, will either resonate with themselves or they'll know somebody who will. So thank you so much and uh, enjoy your last couple of days on the Gold Coast. Thank you. Cheers, Terry. Thank you so much for listening, guys. And if you do have any comments or questions, feel free to reach out to us at support at veteranscare.com.au and we do of course encourage you to share this podcast out to anyone who you feel may benefit from it thank you so much and we look forward to connecting with you on the next podcast bye for now